Hello, welcome to episode two of the No Niche podcast. Um, super happy to be able to chat to another beautiful human. And uh, today we go Nico Nico Rojas, and uh, yeah, we're gonna be chatting about uh, basically his world. Uh, he's uh, uh, into branding and marketing, and uh, it'll be a pretty interesting chat. And I just look forward to hearing more about his story and uh, pretty much uh, trends uh, and basically way to communicate and way to build brands um, with simple um, tips. And yeah, it, this is this is a pretty pretty special day because um, again, uh, it's our second episode and um, yeah, look forward to many more of these. Uh, we go more guests lined up and uh, it's seven o'clock in the morning here in uh, Australia and uh, we'll try to invite him right away. course as usual um, if you go any questions just uh, send them through and uh, we'll see if we can answer them uh, the way that we need to answer them uh, but yeah I've just sent through the invite to Nico and uh, we will yeah we'll wait um, it's this page is a page that I used to have a long time ago a different way a different format um, it was definitely not my personal, um, and then I debated myself whether I could just uh, switch it. Um, I fear that he might be actually into a Google, into the Google Calendar. Let me just um, let me just check for a second. I'll be right back. Oh, here he is. I was fearing maybe he was uh, on a Google Calendar invite uh, with a Google Meet, but yeah, here we go. How's it going? Fantastic. Uh, good. It's good morning here, but I'm assuming it's good evening over there. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, 2 p.m. right now where I'm at. Where Actually, are you? Where are you at? So I'm in California. Makes total sense. Uh, well, Melbourne, Australia over here. Sun is rising, so happy days. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I didn't really give too much of a great intro. Uh, I think the best possible intro is probably... Uh, you probably be able to make the best possible intro. Super awesome to meet you. I have watched your videos for many months. Um, a bit of context probably for you. We do run a little agency here. Uh, we mostly do social media for our customers. So when I came across your content on TikTok, I was mesmerized. It's super easy to follow. Uh, and it really spoke quite well. And the way you present yourself and the way you present this complex topics it's just really special um so props to you but i guess for for the audiences what 
who are you? What, what do you do? <laughs> I appreciate that. No, I, I, you know, thank you uh, for, you know, watching my content. Everybody else who's watched my content, you know, I really appreciate the support. Um, but yeah, basically who I am, you know, I'm Nico Rojas. I uh, basically started, my journey kind of starts when I was 18 years old. I, I knew I wanted to do something in sort of the business realm of things. Um, and I realized that, you know, part of uh, business was marketing and branding. And so when I discovered that, I sort of fell in love with the whole thing. I, um, you know, just like yourself, I started out with a couple of friends working on uh, different social media projects. But at the, same, at the time, I didn't really know anything about marketing or branding, right? It was just very scrappy. Uh, I think I can help you grow your social media presence and so on. Um, and then eventually I did a lot of self-educating. I did a lot of reading books, taking different courses um, in brand strategy and marketing and so on. And sort of recently discovered TikTok, started putting out a bunch of content and just sharing all the knowledge that um, I've learned over the past, you know, six, seven years and whatnot. And uh, I've been fortunate enough that other people are enjoying it and are finding it useful. So. Yeah, that's kind of who I am. I'm a brand strategist now, and I help different, you know, brands and either through consultations. I've done freelance work, uh, things like that. Thank you. I mean, and obviously TikTok blew up for you because uh, obviously you have some incredible numbers. Um, and but I think is you're humble enough to say you were fortunate, but it's also the way you present yourself and uh, the type of value you add, obviously it's, it's there. Therefore people just uh, love that. Um, so what would you say, what, what would be the first step someone should take when, when it comes out to starting out um, their own brand? Because I think when I first started out, I was lucky to find the right person and I was also lucky to, the way I am, I kind of project well myself, maybe not at seven o'clock in the morning, but I project my way in a way that people really understand my energy, understand my personality very quickly. So the first graphic designer to work with, Sam, which we've been working with for a long time, really got that straight away. But for your average person, what? It's the first step when it comes to starting out because I'm assuming there's a lot of little inner mistakes. Innocent yeah. mistakes. Too. In terms of like personal branding, is that what you're? I'm, I'm thinking more companies. If someone's starting a little okay. e-commerce store or even a cafe or any type of business, I would say, yeah. So I think the first step really is to understand your why. And I know that probably sounds kind of cliche and whatnot, but I think what, what I really think that means is, you know, the reason that you're in business and whether it's a cafe or whatnot, like, why is it that you want to sell coffee, right? Not necessarily your why or purpose in terms of you want to save the world or you want to do a huge impact, you know, if that's the case, then that's great. But I think just starting out with knowing why you want to start out, I think this is the very first step. That way, every step you take from there comes from that purpose comes from your reason for being in business just beyond making money cool and who should i approach to the first place is it 
a brand strategist, is a graphic designer, is a, just going on Fiverr or one of those places and look for someone or, and that's something I think it's a problem usually comes uh, a friend of a friend of a friend. Um, and how expensive it is to save money if you just go so for the low ball kind of uh, branding uh, creation. Yeah, I think, you know, there's definitely two sides to the coin. Right? If you go to some like a friend of a friend that is sort of getting their foot in the door and not as experienced as maybe say somebody that's been in the industry for years, right? There's like a learning curve and, and it might not be the work that you envisioned right off the gate. But I think where you should go is going to depend on where you are, right? If you, uh, depending on your budget, what your goals are, and sort of what your time looks like, right? If this is your full thing and you're fully dedicated and you have a, say, you know, $20,000 budget, then I would suggest go finding some good designers that can help you sort of design your brand or freelancers that you can work with, right? But if you're starting from zero and you're starting this as your side hustle, I'd say use the resources that you can. And, and um, you know, the I think getting scrappy and just, uh, taking action is really what I'd say is the first step, is doing something, right? Whether that's writing a one-page marketing plan, whether that's uh, trying to come up with your name, your color, your all those branding identity essentials and, and whatnot. Um, but I think the key is to focus on differentiation even if you whether you go with somebody that's experienced or whether you start scrappy i think the key is to focus on differentiation if you can find the thing that makes you different you know that's really what's going to set you apart and uh make you the go-to option in that space and this is where i think communication falls through perfectly because the way you communicate to your freelancer your designer or your the team that's going to start creating the brand around your vision, that first, very first communication sort of set the bar. Uh, what would you say would be, because I, I, I was in that position. Um, I never done it before. So three years ago when I approached a designer, I didn't really know what to tell him or her. Uh, in, in, in that case, obviously, again, it was a, I think it was a very lengthy our conversation and we're mostly talking about us and the way that we knew someone and, and like like within the same space um, but what would you say because you're on the other side what's the most effective way to communicate in order to get the best results because what i re always remember is there's a meme going around where there is a, a pencil and there is the hand and it's written designer but then <laughs> on top of that hand there's another hand written client yeah. Um, yeah. How can people communicate their vision in a way that we avoid that scenario? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, probably setting the expectations, right? From like, say, if you're building a brand, you, um, you know exactly what you want, you know, making that clear, setting what those expectations and what you're looking for. Um, that way, you know, when when that goes off to the designer or when that goes off to whoever is helping you, uh, that person knows exactly what it is that you want, right? Um, usually if you get like, well, I want a beautiful logo, that really doesn't give any context to the designer. 
beautiful can mean different things to you or to the designer, right? So I think being very specific in detail um, and just uh, setting what your expectations and what it is you're looking for. Cool, thanks. Uh, uh, that's, yeah, which it's a perfect segue because the other element is, um, I remember having a conversation with a with an older client and branding it sort of literally everywhere. So I always go back to a cafe setting because uh, again, what you were talking about was how do I different, differentiate myself from everyone else? And branding is not just a logo. Uh, I'm sure that you've had conversation where people approaches, approach you and go, oh, I just need a logo be made, but it's, it's the color of paint you choose, the furniture, uh, the type of venue, the way you build a venue, um, uh, from simple as your printed work to your digital work. Um, so what sort of, like, in your opinion, how is the best approach? Because then there is different heads and different heads mean different opinions. Who should be leading in a way that then the whole vision, no matter if you're sitting at the table, if you're on that coffee shop uh, website or Instagram, it's sort of all cohesive. Best case scenario, I feel like the person that would be leading would be somebody that understands brand, right? And what I mean by that, so we start by defining what a brand is. And to quote Marty Neumeyer, um, you know, author of The Brand Gap, all those books, he says, a brand is not what you say it is, it's what they say it is. Or in other words, the person's gut feeling of a product, company, or service, right? So meaning it's the perception that your audience forms based on the experiences and touch points that you put out for them to form that, that perception, the messaging, the words that you use, right? So somebody that can really understand that can sort of make sure that everything, every aspect of the brand is uh, being right and so I think um, that's the best case scenario the you know if if you don't have that person or that person I think what you can do is getting clear on what your brand is about in terms of you know purpose mission what your vision your mission and vision is also to find how your how you want your brand to behave online getting clear on what your unique selling proposition, your positioning, right? And to sort of layman terms, those is what makes you different. What's the unique offering and uh, unique value that you're offering to your audience. And just having that either written down sort of uh, handbook, right? That, that, that you can then hand off to your designer, hand off to your social media manager and making sure that everybody's right tone, everybody's using the same messaging, um, because that's the whole idea is to create this consistent messaging at every touch point, right? Yeah, because then the objective is to connect the people, your consumers, your customers, uh, to spark a few emotions internally when they are enjoying that product, that service, uh, that venue. Um, and that it's super important because It always staggers me because there's a, like, I don't know how many, but probably millions of pizza shops or millions of coffee shops. And it's like, they all sort of stand behind the similar products. They all kind of make the same, but then branding comes in very heavily. Um, and all of a sudden, 
here in Melbourne, we've got such a strong coffee culture where there is like alleyways with a lot of uh, graffiti. And, and sometimes when I was working for a coffee roaster, some of my customers would ask me, why are these people going to this superheated coffee shop? Uh, why not come to me, uh, go higher food traffic? I mean, this prime location. And branding is funny because it's a word that we, even without understanding it, we just throw it in. But it, it really is a, a part of it because if you create that story, that narrative that sparks certain emotion with people, people will come and find you. Um, and there's some called hidden gems. And I think their branding of those hidden gems is not just the beautifully designed uh, custom websites or the beautiful color palette. It's also the way they project themselves within the entire facility of those shops. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think it's it's a lot deeper than, than just um, the visual identity, which is like the logos, you know, the colors, the typography. I think it, it goes beyond that. You mentioned the narrative, right? You want to make sure that each um, each touch point that you're putting out there telling that same story, right? That your customer can sort of feel itself in that story, um, whether that's through your tagline, whether that's your website, your header, you know, the big pictures on your in your location's wall, right? The signage outside, you want to make sure that there's some sort of consistency and cohesiveness to that story. Yeah, I just visited a friend of mine just open a coffee shop actually maybe just over a year ago and finally got my way around it and it was so different compared to every other shop like it had um, a warmer feel to it uh, it was built this maroon and peachy tone colors and it just felt different and it was it had this very soothing calming uh, element and it's funny because I was thinking about us jumping on the podcast and his personality is very much like that. He has this very low, soothing voice. Um, and as he was talking to me, it sounds cheesy, but it really felt like the shop was talking to me. Gotcha. It really felt like that. Maybe because I was sitting at the stool bars, maybe because he was right in front of me, and maybe because it's a guy that I bit. He really was. Like, if instead he had a super minimalist, super white uh, shop, I don't think that would make sense to me. Now, the thing is, do people fear sticking to their personality versus going for something trending that would, quote unquote, make more money? Mm -hmm. Do you find this with some of your customers where they go, well, what is the trending? What is it going to work? And yeah. do you find that a danger? I don't necessarily think it's a danger. I think, you know, what what I think is, the, like I said before, the key is differentiation, right? So if you can find a unique approach to whatever that trend is, um, and that, that'll set you apart, you know, then by all means, jump on the trend or whatever it is, right? But at the same time, doing something just because you, that's because everybody else is doing, doesn't really make you different. It kind of makes you the same as everybody else because everybody else is doing it. So I think that's the 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 thing to keep in 
right? Don't do something because you see 12 other businesses doing it. Because again, the whole purpose is to set yourself apart from everybody else, right? And uh, you could do that through like pricing or whatever it is. But I think, you know, there is like, I don't think it's necessarily a danger to try to jump on a trend. I just don't think if you approach it the same way that everybody else is, I think that's when it becomes dangerous because you'll just blend in. Yeah. Um, I love that. Uh, another interesting thought popped in my mind, actually, because um, then it becomes personal versus company brand. And uh, everybody keeps talking about personal brands. Um, well, I do want to ask, what's your personal brand, voice, color, and personality later? But that's personal. <laughs> I just want to ask that because uh, I'm curious about that. Um, when it comes to personal versus company, well, my original question was something along the lines of, um, can they be different? Uh, is it important that you have both? Um, but then something popped in my mind like a minute ago. Is it a little bit tricky maybe for a established brick and mortar business to have too much of personal branding translation? Does a too personalized brand where your face is sort of the personality becomes quote unquote unsellable? Let's say cafe called Johnny's and Johnny is a true hero, is super local. He's really, his voice is super loud and, and people just love to go at Johnny's. How difficult then becomes for Johnny's to sell Johnny's Cafe? Well, you know, that kind of reminds me of a question that I actually asked you. And it's sort of, what if you were to drop dead, what would happen, right? In that case, if Johnny were to drop dead, to drop dead what would happen? Would the Johnny live on somebody else place Johnny right so I think those things that to consider if you want to infuse your personal to um the business if for say if Elon Musk was Tesla right that would sort of have a uh, sort of a conflict there but because Elon Musk is one brand and Tesla is a different brand you know if Elon Musk god forbid were to pass today I would still on Tesla would still be this powerhouse brand that it is, right? I think just being able to distinguish um, what the personal brand is and what your corporate business brand is. And having both is a bad thing. Like in what Musk has been able to do with his personal brand and been able to benefit all these other brands that are underneath him and not just those brands, but even some brands that aren't even related to it, right? So I think uh, a personal brand is definitely a great way to go um, if you're starting like a startup, right? Because there's a sort of founder story behind it that people follow along, cheer you on, and want you succeed. So I think this it's both, you know, it goes both ways. Having too much of a personal brand in your business, you know, ask yourself, if I were to adopt that tomorrow, what would happen? But is it a bad thing? Not necessarily. Branding is a good thing, either for either or, whether you're trying to brand or your business. Uh, I just love doing this because, uh, I don't know, I feel this 
beautiful privilege that I have to be able to connect with people like yourself um, and others. But it's funny because I'm glad that you brought up uh, Elon Musk, uh, not because of the latest head, uh, headlines, but I bring him up quite often um, in the sense of I, I usually just say the sentence, uh, people by people. Um, where do you sit with that? Because maybe you might be able to change, quote unquote, uh, my mind around it because you said something that really stood out just then. Like, do you think it's always the case that people buy people? Like if someone doesn't like mask, would they still potentially buy a Tesla or they wouldn't? That's a great question. Um, I would say man that's a that's a really good question <laughs> I have not been asked that um that's good I think, <laughs> yeah I think um in terms of like in terms of musk's case, I do see how uh how if the person were to do something negative, I do see how it would impact all the other businesses, considering that, uh, you know, he's sort of the face of those brands, right? But I, I don't necessarily um, that would have a direct impact on one of those brands, because each brand, brand has its own thing that they're doing, right? Um, in that case, you know, if something were to happen where, say, Musk were to do something terribly wrong or said something that just the majority of the population didn't agree with, um, you know, worst case scenario is he'd probably step down as CEO of those companies and let time, do it, right, let time do the healing and then eventually those brands would live on with whoever is running those companies then. But I think that's the the good thing separating personal and uh, corporate branding, right? Yeah, I think you're quite spot on right there. Yeah, it's super interesting because, again, it's about, it's about the human and the humans and the feelings that they feel in regards to certain actions uh, because, again, it is just a coffee, uh, quote-unquote, my coffee audience would probably not like that, but it's how it's served to you. It's the person serving you. It's the connection you make with the barista or it's the overall experience and emotion you get. Um, yeah. I'm going to think about this for probably the rest of the morning. Um, yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's quite, it's quite on point. Um, perfect segue to, a selfish question, which is for me, I want to ask you, how do you keep brands separate, like their own entities, but then you sort of connect them? So yeah, that's sort of the question and it's super selfish, but it's okay. So could you elaborate on that question a little bit? I think, um, how do you communicate that three, four, five, six, seven brands are 
kind of from the same people behind. Uh, they under the they fall under the same umbrella, but they have an entity of their own. So I could think of five coffee shops, but they're in different areas, uh, and they sort of have a similar menu, but it's the same crew behind each and any one of them. Um, or they are the same brand, but in different countries. So they have a different handle, they have a different logo, um, but they kind of want to be connected still to the mother brand um, or the different niches. Um, that's sort of the question. I know it's big, but. No, I totally, I, I understand it now. Um, I think, you know, in the case of it's like umbrella brand, right? The, if it's in a brand of brand, right? Say like road bike, if road, if road Mike started doing um, tissues tomorrow, right, it would be completely weird. It would be like, why, what, right? So I think it's just the, if it's an extensive brand, I think the question asked is it going to hurt or help the brand, right? So if you want to sort of uh, create different entities and different identities, then you have like this sort of um, uh, house housing brand owners of all these brands, right? Like uh, the Coca-Cola company, right? Uh, whatever their their uh, big house name is. And then they have like Sprite, Fanta, you know, same same product, but it's like, the key there is to create, it's create a own brand for each one of these uh, new products or new, new ideas, new concepts, right? So each brand would take on right would take on a new role in the life of the customer take on a new personality um would have its own purpose would have its own brand strategy per se but it would be connected to your main brand it would be a brand own gotcha gotcha no thank you uh, that's that was definitely something i had in the back of my mind um and then I just wanted to ask you, because I know we soon sadly got to wrap it up because uh, you're a busy guy. Um, your personal brand, uh, you know, you always give your audience awesome tips uh, to help us, I suppose. I can categorize myself as part of your audience uh, to make better decisions. Uh, uh, the F shape reading and scanning rather than reading and uh, the, the color personalities. Um, what, what's yours? Um, what do you feel are the areas that go, yeah, that's my personal brand right here, right now? Yeah, my personal brand is pretty simple. I believe I was put here on this earth to share everything that I've learned, the hope that I could help somebody starting their business. So my personal brand on Instagram, on TikTok, is simply delivering value without expectation. It's not necessarily hoping that I get a new client. It's not hoping you buy something from me. It's simply hoping that I can help one person with their brand. And um, you know, in my bio, I make that pretty clear: helping you, helping you build the brand. And that's my personal brand, right? In terms of identity and colors. I would say that I am my identity, right? I'm pretty consistent in what I wear in my videos. Um, I like to stick with the, you know, the blue and the pinkish color. 
um, but not necessarily like a defined identity because at the end of the day, you know, my brand, I believe, is my face. It's the words that I use. It's how I say things. It's my thinking. I love it. And well said by probably one of the best people I know on the internet uh, around branding. Um, You're so kind. Thank you. No, this this was a super interesting uh, chat, and I know myself too well that I can probably stay another thirty seven minutes. <laughs> um, um, no, I just want to thank you for your time. I know you're a busy uh, person. Um, thank you for sharing just with us. Uh, it's only our second episode, and we trying to develop more and more but uh it's a super privilege for me to have you on and uh yeah i, I guess you can sort of share your handles uh, for the people who are going to listen to this on the spotify of the world and uh, what where to catch you yeah absolutely you know it was nice, uh, meeting you connecting with you that's how our social media is you know you're over there melbourne i'm over here California, right? And yeah, we're here having a conversation. It's one of the things that I love about. And I'm grateful that you you reached out and said, I want to I have this project going on. Like, I'd love to have you on. So I'm grateful for that. Um, for me. Um, but yeah, where people can find me as simple as I am. That's my hand. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm currently working on a YouTube by the time i'll have a video up there i don't know but but yeah i mean it was fun thank you same and maybe hopefully soon we'll see you on twitter considering how trending is at the moment yeah. that talk <laughs> all right uh nico awesome pleasure uh, i'm sure we'll catch you soon and uh, keep doing what you're doing my friend likewise nice connecting Uh, there you have it, folks. Uh, I feel very lucky. Um, I'm back on doing these uh, Instagram lives after a hundred uh, after a hundred episodes on our coffee page, um, and uh, yeah, it's um, it's it's nice. Um, so thank you for tuning in. And uh, I'll see you next week for a very different type of episode. Uh, we're going to post uh, more and more on this page, our tiles. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the flippity side.